Hi everyone, it's Jack from the pod here. Um, just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes. You know, and these are these are our opinions. Um, and it's yeah, it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight. So don't take this too seriously, um, and please keep that in mind when you're listening. Thank you very much. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome back to From the Backseat Football Podcast. The Premier League has returned and so have we. It's you, your normal host, and as always, I have my co-host today, Jack. Jack, how are we doing? Very good, thank you, mate. Very, very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. I've just jetted back from Berlin, feeling like a a jet setter. Um, (laughs) And yeah, I had a great time, loved it. I was telling you just before we jumped on the pod, absolutely loved the clubs out there. And just the city in general, so feeling very fulfilled very very content a bit sad to be back in london but we move um i imagine that energy would normally be low after being in berlin my experience not a lot of sleep is possible in that city i don't really know how people navigate it but i'm glad you're back and pumped you know to just get straight into the fixtures what dedication you know straight off the plane into the episode i can't think why i can't think if there's any particular games one particular reason why I might have been so keen to have done this, um, <laughs> but I mean, we'll get into that. Um, it's been a great weekend of football. Premier League never disappoints. Uh, some zesty games. We've had two derbies over the weekend. We won't be covering the derby today, the Midlands derby between Nottingham and Leicester, just because we can't be asked. So we're only going to do the nine games, yeah. and then we're going to do a little prediction for that game at the end. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, look, nine games and a prediction is a, still a shitload of content. Like, don't even worry about it. Mm. And we're getting out early, you know, we want this ready for Tuesday. Exactly, we've got a tight schedule, all right? Celeste and Nottingham fans, we apologise. Even if any of you are listening, maybe you're not, in which case, all good, (laughs) all good. Uh, I've looked at the schedule and I'm happy to report that we're jumping straight into the North London derby. So how long have we got, Jack? Half an hour for this segment? Yeah, mate, I mean, it's kind of freeform at this point. It's kind of up to you how long you want to rant about Granit Xhaka and how we were all wrong, but... Yeah, Arsenal three, Tottenham one. Very, very good performance. First question: Are Arsenal now title contenders? Seven wins out of eight is very, very good, and they look like a very good team with a clear structure, a clear direction, and momentum. Yes, it was a it was a good game to watch from a tactical perspective, right? Because we had control versus counter, two teams set up in. You know their their manager's image for sure, and two very contrasting styles. And it was always going to be interesting to see how it played out. I do honestly, you know, you're probably going to be surprised by me saying this, but I do believe that the scoreline almost flatters us. To be honest, um, we did dominate them by the end of the match, but going into half time, one one, you know, their game plan you could argue was actually more effective than ours. If you looked at the XG minus the penalty goal from Harry Kane, theirs was 0.66 going into half time. And ours was 0.51. So yeah, I didn't know that. That's interesting. For all the possession, for all the control that we had, you know, their game plan was just to have that low block. I think they had like 10 people behind the ball at all times, which is Harry Kane up top, hoping to get a break. Um, we know how Conte is going to set up. And yeah, this was no different. Um, 
I think, you know, the, the big difference was Emerson Royale sending off, which we're going to get onto. But we'll do the first half first. Mm-hmm. Um, what a screamer from Thomas Party. It's been a long time coming, really. Yeah, mate. Unbelievable goal. I didn't know he had that in his locker. I don't. I, I feel like he's been a little bit disappointing so far. I think more was expected of him since he signed, but that's a good step he in the right direction. Yeah, but I mean, we are a worse team when he's not. In, like, he's so integral to that midfield. Sambi Lakonga can't really. It's a hell of a drop off, isn't it? <laughs> it's a big drop off. It's as much a big as we love Lakonga, he's he's not quite there yet. He's not quite Partey levels, um, and I think Partey, him being fit up until the World Cup is crucial for our running. If he drops off, like we saw it against Man United, if he if he's out of the team, we just look far less effective and we have far less control. Mm-hmm. And we want control. That's the style that we're playing at the moment. So, yeah, absolute screamer from Partey. Um, and, you know, the problem, the consequence of that, of that low block was that he had all that space. Yeah, I noticed that. Not a lot of pressure at the edge of the box. Everyone was inside of the box from a Tottenham no. perspective. And yeah, it's just a lack of intensity, really. And yeah, he's a good player. They were inviting and him to shoot. Even if it's a half chance, you don't need to take the risk. You know, Burnley used to do it a lot to kind of push people to take these half chances, but you, just, you don't One need to take in. that risk. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. If One you keep letting it happen. One will go in, and um, thank God it did. I mean, what a goal to kick off your derby. And he needs that. I think Thomas Partey, he's been trying hard all season, um, and he definitely needed that. He deserves <laughs> that goal. He deserved that goal. He deserved the adoration from the fans. So, yeah, superb start. And then as soon as we scored, we, we conceded control. As it uh, the next 15 minutes, The next 15 minutes, they were all over us, I have to say. Um, and they're... And they're I have to say their their final their final pass they they actually could have been maybe two goals up. Richarlison had a really good chance to poke it in. Mm-hmm. It was a good save from Ramsdale, but it's just their final pass was lacking. I feel like on a different day, if Spurs were a bit sharper up front, they actually could have done a lot of damage to us. Um, I think a, which is why I do think the scoreline deceives a little bit. I think that's a very fair assessment actually, because Son had a bad game, and if Son was yeah. at the peak of his powers, it could easily have been three counter attacking goals. Maybe party's goal doesn't go in. So it could be a very, very different match, you're right. But going into half time, I really thought Spurs looked more likely to win this. You know, despite all our control, we were lacking. I mean, Martin hit the post, sure. Um, and there are a couple of chances Saka really kind of mishit it when it came in from the left from Sinchenko. But yeah, it was a very even game going in the second half, and I was bloody worried. <laughs> I was really worried. Yeah. We don't lose to Tottenham at the Emirates, so. And I think every Arsenal fan in the stadium knew that. I knew that. I did back the boys, but yeah, it was it was jittery at half time. What did you? I see you made a note here, but what did you think of the atmosphere of the Emirates? I thought it was bouncing, mate. Like was I don't bouncing, think I've seen it? the Emirates that that lively, that positive before. I was really impressed. I feel like right mm. now it's a good time to be an Arsenal fan. You've had quite a lot of um, quite a lot of years where people are they're not sure what they want, like Wenger in, Wenger out, and then people aren't sure if they want Arteta. It's got a, bit, a little bit toxic, but I feel like the wounds have healed now. Everyone's pushing in the same direction. The team's looking good. The manager seems secure. I think everything's just working well right now, and Arsenal's like a big happy family. It's nice to see. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time coming, and I think it's something to be said about sticking faith in your manager, even when you know it's not looking like progress is being made. This is three years, you know, three years coming now. He joined in what late twenty nineteen. So it is coming up to that three-year mark for Arteta. And, you know, this season we're finally reaping the rewards. How many teams would have had the patience that, you know, the board have given Arteta since he's come in to eight finished places, I think. 
it's not ideal. Actually, sorry, that's not up true. We came eighth first, second season was fifth, obviously, but we missed out on our realistic targets. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's nice to see the faith being paid off and the identity of this team is definitely what Arteta wants. So yeah, it's a great time to be an Arsenal fan. And yeah, just loving it. Absolutely loving it. <laughs> so we go into the second half. Um, and yeah, I think what came first? I think Jesus' goal came first. So the main yeah. difference here I think is right. where in the first half, Saka on the right was getting double manned. Ben White was kind of dropping back. He wasn't kind of pushing forward doing the overlap. Second half, he was doing the overlap every single time. And that second goal comes from the overlap. He pulls Perisic away from Saka. Son commits too far. So Saka's able to turn it on his left. Lloris should have saved it. <laughs> Lloris should have saved it. He's, <laughs> he's always capable of a clanger though, let's be yeah, fair. Yeah, not in a derby though. Um, You'd expect better from him. He's had enough, enough derbies. He he is capable of a clanger. I know we look at Lloris as, as well class, but he does cost Tottenham a hell of a lot of points over a season with stuff like that. I think he, he saves a lot more than he gives, but he, he is liable to do it. He's not totally reliable. No, no. I know what so, you mean. I mean it, there is, there is it's something It's worth just it. popping those shots at him, isn't it? It's worth, because you, you may get a little rebound. Um, it's criminal how it just slips under his body, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a bad watch to look back. It was just, yeah, um, the timing of it straight after half time. I like what you said there. Obviously, Arteta's had a word of Ben White to change what he's doing, try and create more space for the forwards, and then it's worked immediately. I mean, a goal straight after the restart is exactly what you want. Put the pressure back on yeah. Tottenham and then they go and compound it by Emerson Royale getting a really stupid red card like, what, five, ten minutes later? And then yeah. you think that's, gonna come that's, that. that's basically it, isn't it, at that point? Very unnecessary. Mm. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't even defending. He was pressing. He was pressing Martinelli. He was going back towards his goal, so... It's just so dumb. Yeah, what are your thoughts? Before I go into it, what are your thoughts? Because there was a lot of controversy about whether this was a yellow or whether it was a red. I think it's just it's just in that middle ground. Um, it's just unnecessary like an and it's just a bit vicious. And if you give the referee the option, then you have to accept that the consequences might be a red card. Could have, could have been a yellow, money. but... Bang on the money. This is my thoughts exactly. And you know what? This is what I wanted to get. This is, a, this is entering rant territory. Okay. Okay. I was reading the the live reporting on this and it was doing my absolute head in because <laughs> everyone was like, oh, yeah, I hate this. It, it ruins the game. You know, referees, you know, robbed us from half an hour of good football. So are we just going to like exclude any responsibility for Emerson Royale? So like, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, how is this turning to the ref ruining the game? Like, surely you should be Emerson Royale's ruining the game because as you've correctly said, whether it's a yellow, whether it's a red, as soon as you commit a challenge like that, you open yourself up to being sent off anyway. Yeah, I guess the argument is that in a derby, you allow a little bit more, don't you? You allow those okay. those 50-50s okay. and you fall on the yellow. But So if Martinelli's ankle just collapsed, would you say it's red? Yes, you would. Yes, you would. I obviously would. But it just reminds me of Pickford on Van Dyke, where he literally... Yeah, of course, but like, look, nothing. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, so a player has to break his ankle for that to be a red card because it could have broken his ankle. You know, we've seen it before. If you go in above the above the ankle, and you know, like watching it in slow mo, it takes out the kind of how vicious that that challenge was. was nowhere near the ball. It was like so dumb. Two miles away from the ball. It's so dumb. You know, yeah. I just, I cannot get on board with this idea that a player has to have a serious injury for those for those kind of tackles to be taken seriously. Nah, you know it. Do you know what it was, right? It was just clumsy and vicious, but 
There were worse challenges this weekend for sure that also got red cards. But yeah, yeah don't give yeah, don't give referee yeah. the option. Like it's not like he was going don't anywhere. It's not like he had to make no. that challenge. It's just he just lost his head for a second getting, and just getting pissed off of playing against Martinelli. On a wider point, I've, I've always felt surprised that Emerson Royale was starting every game, and I always felt like it was a matter of time before he was replaced in that starting lineup. Because they bought Jed Spence and they have Matt Doherty, who ended last season as one of Tottenham's best players. So I feel like this was it. This was inevitable, the blow up. And now it's the beginning of the end for him. And I'll be surprised if I see him back in the team, you know, anytime soon. I don't know. Conte recalled him to the squad for this game. Yeah, but it's it's three matches out now. So that's a lot Mm. of matches for someone else to establish themselves. Mm, mm. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah, anyway, let's just be clear. This is not the referee's fault. He didn't ruin a game. You know, Emerson Royale's on you, lad. It's on you, all right? Yeah, don't, don't so make stupid don't challenges. Don't try and break any don't, ankles. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Just don't be stupid, Especially mate. when you're 2-1 down at such a crucial time. Yeah. It seems so stupid, like the in-game management's not there. It's a derby, mate. Um, he lost his head. Did you see as well? He did a TikTok before the before the match and it was awful. Oh, no. It was literally, no, it was just this. him doing like a rehearsed TikTok, TikTok video dance before the match and... I mean, I don't know... D- if, Deserves a red for that. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. If it was in doubt, maybe the referee's seen that and thought, "Nah, mate, you can't get away with that." Like that is what is that about? Imagine that before a derby. Imagine if Graeme Sunez was watching this. Was on comms. Oh, but it's not Pogba, so it's fine. yeah, true, true that. He's not in uh, Graeme's crosshairs. So yeah, it's stupid, stupid challenge, and it changed the game. I think from that point on, it was it was generally ours to lose. I don't think they had a sniff after that. No, nah, mate. Um, couple of breaks and that yeah. broke down but yeah nothing major um before we get on to the main the main talking point main rant territory um mm. i'd like to speak about gabriel he, mm-hmm. he gave away a penalty and it was another mistake because he scored a known goal a few weeks ago and we talked about it um and i still feel like long term that is the only place in the in the arsenal starting lineup where there's risk and there's jeopardy and it is unfortunate that Ben White had such a good game at right back but I still want to see him and Saliba as your primary centre-backs and then Tomiyasu at right back and I just feel like Gabriel is always he's always going to lose his place at some point that feels inevitable to me it's just how long really? yeah I'm surprised by that that's how I feel I have read a couple of Arsenal fans I've, I've seen online have similar similar sentiments but I thought he had a terrific game apart from that from that foul. I mean, it wasn't really his fault either. I mean, we made a hash of the clearance. Xhaka miscontrolled it. It bounced Richarlison. He was on the back foot. I really don't attribute much blame to Gabriel. Um, I actually think he's been decent this season. No, he has be honest, been decent. It's just Saliba's been exceptional and Ben White has also been really good. And But then who do you put on the left side of that defence? Because both Saliba and Ben White are right-footed. I don't know. That's not my problem. I don't know. Yeah, I no. see. I don't, I don't, honestly, yeah. I think you've got to build that Saliba Gabriel partnership up, and he's only twenty four. He's going to make mistakes, but other Is than he? that, I didn't know that he marshaled he marshaled Harry Kane all match, in my opinion. Um, I didn't know he's twenty four. I, I thought he played really well, you know, regardless of the pen. And I think I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's at any risk. I do worry about Tommy Asu. That's what I mean, mate. Um, I need my main man place. Tommy Asu in that lineup somehow. This is the only way it works. I think. Ben, you Man, can't I love Super Tommy as much as the next. Exactly, you can't drop Ben White. So it's got to be um, Gabriel because you can't drop Saliba. Unfortunately, I don't think you can drop any of them. To be honest, I think Tommy Asu is just going to have to be patient. 
His time will come. You know, we've got Europa League, we've got all the domestic cup runs, we've got a vicious schedule until the World Cup. His time will come. But top of the league, mate, you're not going to change a winning formula. So, Definitely mate, you've avoided not. the question at the top of this. Are Arsenal now title contenders, Hugh? No. Hot take. Hot give take over. time. Give over. No. It's just... No matter how good we look, City look better. What it's about that City if you're are, are still in the top two by the time we break for the World Cup? And it's maybe like four or five points in it. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I I don't think this is our season to win the league. But I mean, I'm not going to lie. If it's not you guys, then <laughs> the race is looking awful. I don't think there's going to be a race this year. No. I think City it's, it's will a, beat us when we play them in a couple of weeks. and Procession, then. isn't it? It's a procession. City look too good and everyone else looks too weak. I mean, the fact that we're the next kind of touted contender says it all about the, the competitiveness for the for the title this year. You're our last hope, mate. You, you need to do I it. I would love it. When's the last time we were in a title run? I mean, that'd be amazing, but I can't see it happening. And also, I don't want to put that expectation on. You know, we're just in a good patch. It's all about the top, top four. Top four right. was the target. And we definitely nailed on for top four if we carry this on. And the team just doesn't look weak. It's, we're here on merit. I think it's the difference. It's not like we've had a fluky run. We've had an easy-ish run compared to some teams, but, you know, it's, we're just playing good football. We're playing like a team. And, you know, I think the most important thing for Arsenal fans is long that may that continue, as opposed to hoping for a Premier League. Oh, I would love that so much. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, mate, you do really well. All right. Granit Xhaka scored the third goal. He looks reborn in a box-to-box role. What a Are redemption. you going to apologise? No, 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 no. I've said it with my chest now. No, 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 no. It's too late. It's too late to apologise. I've said what I said. He's rubbish at football. He can't be undone. Said it a couple of weeks ago. I say it again. Arsenal fans who hate Xhaka, where are you? Where are you? I bet they're all singing his name now. It's embarrassing. I've been saying it for years and I'll say it again. The guy, he's a leader in that midfield. General Granite. Yeah, mate. I saw his little huddle after the first goal, mate. Getting everyone pumped. Like, yeah. we do not let this slip by. We vibes. need that. We need that. It's a young team. He's a, he's a senior head. And look, his disciplinary record for us is not great. I think it's something like 54 yellow cards and four reds in his time with us. But you'll take that. Some would call it passion. he brings to the team. They? Some would call it what passion. he brings to that team. And do you see when he scored how the whole arsenal, there's no animosity towards him. And I think that that's a massive thing because they see the real Granite Xhaka. The fans just see the Granite Xhaka on the pitch, right? But the fact that they all respect him and they see him as a leader, they listen to him, it says it all about him as a character. And the fact that 2019, he's been booed off the pitch, he's told the Arsenal fans to fuck off in that infamous game against Palace. And like I said before, fuck off Arsenal fans, they deserve it. Stop booing your own, it's embarrassing. Um, but to come back from that, to not give up, and to come back and play as, as he's playing, what, it's three goals, three assists now in, what, eight games? It's crazy. Crazy stuff. I said to you, Jack, he would walk into your midfield. Are you still going to say he wouldn't? I mean, the list is long at this point over who would walk into our midfield, mate. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> Granite would be very high on that list, I admit. But yeah, I mean, fucking, who wouldn't at this point, really? We'll get onto that. Yeah. It's the box to box. Like you say, that move forward on the left hand side. I think Zinchenko's probably helped because Zinchenko tucks in on that left hand, left back side, almost as left mid. So he's just able to go forward. And this is how he plays for Switzerland all the time. He does look he's, reborn, he's excellent for he? Switzerland. He, does, he really looks a different player. Like, you don't even yeah. recognise him anymore. Apart from the occasional cynical foul, that's the only calling card, really. 
Apart from that, he's, he's yeah. Good guy. Oh yeah. I mean, he was still at fault. I think he was still at fault for the penalty. So, you know, there's still going to be times, but I honestly think the the, the, the positives outweigh the benefits when it comes to Granit Xhaka, especially this year. So, I did enjoy his yeah, interview just, at the end. I have to say, you know, he, he referenced it. and He was like, "I've come a long way since 2019. I didn't think I'd be back here." And now I've got a chant, finally, after seven years. I don't know what the chant is, but I assume it's very uh, X-rated. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is either. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. I think he appreciates it. I think he appreciates the love. It's just a nice story, isn't it? It's a redemption arc that no one saw coming, apart from me. That's true. Um, the foresight of you is unmatched. This guy was I just, done. I, I mean, knew. you were trying to ship him to Roma, weren't you? 12 mil to Roma. God, he's like tripled in value now. Do you know what I mean? Because this game's not really on pace. He could keep doing this till 33, 34, I reckon. And the finish was so good. Yeah. You know, the finish was so good. You're just across the corner. Bang. And he always, you know, he's always in those pockets. At certain points, he was playing centre forward. You know, the boys were just rotating up top. Jesus would go out wide. Xhaka would come in. Martinelli comes in. And just like Xhaka's our, our main man forward. It's just, it's crazy. But it does question, like, how is it taking so long for us to get to this point to finally realise what he's good at? Does Xhaka even knew, know that he was good at it? Did he ever suggest, like, maybe I could play further forward, boss? You assume you know? so. <laughs> maybe I don't want to be a defensive mid. Yeah, because he does it for Switzerland all the time. You're right. It's a totally different role. The blueprint has yeah. always been there. At least you finally unlocked him. Yeah, so all in all, good performance. But again, you know, on a different day, I think Tottenham could have gone in probably... 2-1 up at half time and had it not been sent off it would have been a very different half but North London is red <laughs> Tottenham fans left well before the final whistle love to see it you know Arsenal fans were giving them so much stick and I just hate Harry Kane in a Tottenham top so I love it I love it that they've lost I love it if we beat them I love it <laughs> I knew that was coming <laughs> the infamous <laughs> oh. so, yeah. but a quick word on Tottenham eh um, yeah okay a quick, I don't know a quick word on Tottenham um, I don't think they have the players to dominate possession which is why they play this counter-attacking football which is why they sometimes look pretty rubbish against teams that don't really want to engage and, and play a high line Arsenal aren't one of those teams, but yeah, their their midfield is very workmanlike. Like they're all. I was about to say the midfield quite worry, similar, and ironically, a player like Eriksson would inject a lot, a lot into that midfield. You know, to to play more through balls through the middle and just generally dictate um, the tempo a little bit better. So I think they're a work in progress. The attack still looks really good. And the midfield is probably the main area to look at. But I thought Conte was quite calm afterwards. I was expecting him to go mad, but he was very normal. So maybe he's having a good time there. Maybe everything's going to be fine. Yeah, well, there were rumours that, you know, he was he was going to go back to Juventus. But, I mean, they've just spent so much money on the players that he wants. It'd be, mind you, it's Conte, so it wouldn't surprise me that much. But it would be a surprise to see him leave before the end of the season, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, um, it'll be this year or next year, right? <laughs> There's no fourth year. There's no fourth year in this well, story. The thing with Tottenham, you know, they, they've got points on the board and Conte's got a way of playing. I just don't know if he's that flexible. You spoke about, you know, Ben, ben White changing at half-time to the overlapping runs. And I think that shows Arteta's in-game management. Did Conte show enough to, you know, like, he, he plays pure counter-football, five at the back, low block, ping it out, you know, p- pounce on our mistakes, which was, to an extent, really working quite well in the first half. But can you rely on that across 38 games of the season, especially in the Prem? I just don't know. For, and for the team that Tottenham have got, I just do think that they should be playing maybe better football. 
Um, I don't know if I've got my Arsenal tinted glasses on there. Oof, no, I, I, name, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I think with Kane, they've got the perfect player to play counter-attacking football because his ability mm-hmm. to play balls around the corner to one of the forwards um, is really good. I just think they miss Kulisevsky a lot more than they than they think. He's become such a key man and he's so unpredictable. He's got a wicked delivery as well. Mm. I think he's quite a big miss for them and I think they'll be fine. Is he injured? I don't, he just I don't know. I think he might just be rested, but... I thought he was their best attacker so far this season, so a bit surprising. He's definitely picked up a lot of sun slack, and Richarlison's good. He's just a very different type of player. He's just direct, and yeah. you know he 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 does win penalties. You know he's always looking for the goal. Yeah, I mean they've got depth up front. It makes sense to rotate it, but yeah, maybe they missed out on not bringing Kulusevski on. But it's weird that he didn't come on at all. But I guess that's to do with the sending off and yeah, three one. He was just shut up shop, didn't he? Just chuck loads of defenders. Ruin the game, mate! It ruined the game. Ah, oh, here we go. But no, it's the referee's fault. It's the referee's <laughs> fault. Fuck off. Uh, all right, moving on. Speaking of fans leaving early, Man City six, Man United three. A very lucky three, I'd like to add. Yeah. So, like, when I read the the score. And then, you know, I, I thought, like, it, was, it must have been a good effort from United. I didn't expect them to score three. And then I watched the match. Yeah. Oh, my this God. Was a, this was a 6-1 <laughs> for all intents and purposes. This could have been a 12-3. Yeah. I'm not even yeah, joking. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. Oh, man, where do we start? There's only one place to start, as always. It's just one style. Haaland, third consecutive hat-trick at the Etihad. A new record in the Prem. What the actual fuck is going on? He has three hat-tricks in eight Premier League games. The record it's of the most hat-tricks so ever is Aguero with 12. So he's 25% of the way there, having played 25% of the season. Could do it this season. Yeah, He could do I'm it this saying. season, do you know what I mean? What is actually happening? Is he the greatest goal scorer of all time? Discuss. It's too soon, isn't it? It's 22 for fuck's sakes. It's, you can't call him that. But. No, but the signs are that he might be, genuinely. Well, I mean, if he just continues like this, it's going to be hard to de- deny it. Yeah. I mean, where do we begin? He's got over 100 it, goals already, and he's 22 yeah, in top five football. In a way, I feel like it makes sense, these stats, because he was pretty much one for one at Dortmund. But then you think Dortmund were a far weaker team. Yeah. So now it's than City. closer to two, two and one now, which is freaky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, him and KDB, Foden... Who's got a chance? Like you were talking about us being title contenders, Arsenal. No chance with that with them. Oh, like, I know. Look at their team. I just, just I just want some some dialogue, you know, some storylines as opposed to City of steamrolled another team. But it's hard to argue. In this first game, we joked when he scored against West Ham. We joked that you know we could just copy and paste City segments, but that is fast becoming true because literally, again, just absolutely clinical. Doesn't really have a weakness in his game that I can see. Um, nope, I see nothing, nothing to cling on to, hope-wise anymore. He is inevitable. He is honestly that. He even had a delicious assist for Foden, yeah. which apparently wasn't part of his game. So it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows what he can do? I mean, Varane didn't want it. Martinez just looked lost. You try and fight with him, he'll fight you off. You try and out, outrun him, he'll, he'll run past you. It's just impossible. The it's, biggest winner... The biggest winner from a Man United perspective from this match is Harry Maguire because he didn't play and we'll never know how bad this could have got with him playing. So he's my big winner, I think, from a Man United perspective. 
Oh, I mean, if Maguire was there, it would have been twelve. Let's be honest. So yeah, he would have he would have got in on the action. You know, just nutted one in. <laughs> nice, nice own goal. Yeah, was 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 Varane injured? Varane got injured, but he came back on. Is he? St- I wonder if he's I don't injured know if he's now. Still in which case, we're going to see bloody Harry Maguire back. No, Harry Maguire's <laughs> injured as well. Might just oh. be a small one. I don't know. Oh, it's it's a bit of a worry. I thought it was a bit of a mistake from United not to play Casemiro. Yes, mate. Thank been in you. Good form. That's what I was thinking. Who the hell goes to the Etihad and looks and goes right? We've got like maybe the best defensive midfielder in the world that we just bought for like ninety mil. Let's play yeah, with Tomenay and Ericsson. I love Ericsson, but they're both slow. They're so slow. I know. And they just got absolutely torn to pieces. And you just think like, this was surely the match to play three in the middle for a start with Casemiro, mm. deepest, and just try and grind it out and hit some counters. Oh, I like Ten Hag, but this this feels like a massive oversight and a massive mistake on his part to not mm. to not see something so obvious. Like you can't even play just, two in the middle against City. It's impossible. They're too good. Yeah, even if just for like the tactical fouling and to break the game up, like City were relentless in that first half. Yeah, you know Casemiro would at least kind of broken the game up and maybe taken some of the the atmosphere out of the Etihad. Uh, but it was a slaughter. It was. <laughs> it was awful. It was brutal. Um, and maybe you know United. Was it they've won three on the bounce, four on the bounce since they collapsed to Brentford. Um, maybe this is a true reflection of really where they are against the top teams. They are nowhere near challenging for the title and nowhere near City's level. Maybe no one is, but no. the lack of fight, which I think Ten Hag referenced as well at the end of the game, was a bit shocking. Yeah, the scoreline flatters them for sure. I mean, two relatively cheap goals at the end make it don't not look as bad as it was, but it was really bad. Like... Mm. But there's no shame in that. City were just unreal. I mean, we haven't even talked about Foden. There got is his, shame. What is first? There is first so much shame. No, I'm sorry. We'll forget Foden for a second. <laughs> there is so much shame to be hammered like that. You know what I mean? What did Fergie say? Will I think he was asked a question like, "Will City ever go into the derby as favourites?" And he said, "Not in my lifetime." Now they are the favourites every time. You know, yeah, so that has not aged well. How that far? have you fallen United it is getting a bit embarrassing um, at this point it's hard to see how Man United will be the favourites in our lifetime that's how dominant it's yeah. gone no until Pep leaves then there's no chance yeah until they buy some totally rubbish players like Mangala they need to go back to whoever was in charge of signing players when they bought Mangala that's what we need we need a break bring back Mangala exactly hashtag <laughs> uh, speaking of actually no let's go to Foden you're right Foden he what a game it. what a game I would hazard to say he's man of the match I think that's fair I, I, I'll be honest I lost track of who was getting assists but I'm sure he must have got at least one or two so all in all he was just a difference maker wasn't he he's just quality he's, he's so, so good. good he's so so good he, probably his best performance to date of his senior career his very short senior career He's very special. Him and Jude Bellingham are very special, world-class talents that England don't have produced for a little bit of time. So mm. I think ahead of the World Cup, we need to find a way to incorporate Foden as the central a central piece of it. As much as I love Saka, we've got to find a way to incorporate Foden. Not Maybe well, not at the I expense think... of Saka, but... We've got to find a You've way got to, to make play it work. Foden on the left. You know, he's, he's at his most effective on the left. I disagree. In this game, he was on the right. 
Greenish nah, was, he was, the all, over the he was place. all over the place, but he started on the right and then would cut inside regularly. So maybe him and Saka can have some sort of flexible dynamic where they both rotate between the right and the centre. Still feel he's at his most effective on the left. Um, mm. On the right, he just... I don't I don't know. I don't know about him on the right. He just He's better at cutting onto his left and then whipping it in. Do you know what I mean? Than kind of cutting back on the right-hand side and doing like a, a cross to the far... Part. I don't know. I'll, I mean, I, he's I don't agree, good. but that's fine. I mean, all his goals came from running in into the box from the right and then finishing first time. It's just naughty, isn't it? Well, that's the thing. You can just swap around. I think Haaland as well. Like, Haaland does those central runs that just create so much space for the rest of them. Yeah. So, it's just so hard to keep track of, of their, all of their attackers and they're so in sync. And, yeah, I mean, was it 50 goals for Foden? I think he scored... Already? He got to this milestone at a younger age than Lionel Messi. Oh, my Just days. to put it into reference. So... You know, that's, I'm that's not saying he's going to get to messy levels, but he is levels, Phil Foden. He is. He, he is, is levels, mate. He, yeah. he is already probably approaching maybe like the top 10 best players in the Prem. Not just like the young ones, just in general. Yeah, yeah. And you know, Cam's are becoming a bit of a, a dying breed, so it's yeah. nice to see someone, you know, flourishing it. I think we've got to give props to Grealish. I think Grealish had a terrific yeah, game. Yeah. He was so good. I agree. It's nice to see. Like, I mm. said he was he was doing badly and he was doing badly but the last two games he's been really good he was much more like his old self just a lot more direct taking people on more confidence yes he didn't get a goal but he generally offered more than enough threat that facilitated you know others taking the spotlight so I thought he was really good again I felt a bit sad for Dallow at times because he had Grealish Bernardo Silva and Cancelo all like twisting him like left and right didn't seem like anyone was helping him out on that right hand side I don't know who he was supposed to be doubling up with him, but he got exposed so many times and it, it just felt a bit unfair, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see it a lot against all the right backs, but yeah. they just looked horribly underprepared. Um, they did, United. especially they, considering they had time. They've had, you know, a week, over a week to prepare for it and they they got it all wrong. The most shocking thing is they just didn't want it. They didn't want it at all. From the first minute, they were ready to go home. Yeah, heads were down after the and, first goal. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, is Ten Hag to blame? He was a bit naive, wasn't he? Like we said earlier, not playing Casemiro and starting with that. Just seems like an easy one. Team. Just an easy one, really. Casemiro hasn't started yet. Why not chuck him into the derby? I'm pretty sure he can handle it. You know, it's not like he hasn't. I played know big you think he's before. not up to speed, but, yeah, but it seems shocking. Yeah, because he's won so many Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. We've seen him. Yeah, we all know what he's he can a beast. Do. Yeah. And why would you spend 70 mil yeah. and then just, just not like, play it's him? It's away. Like, he's not young. You need to get every ounce of Casemiro out of him as possible. So every game mm. you waste, he's getting older. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. I'd be rinsing him if I had him in my team. Like, every week, every game, you know? Mm. I can only think Ten Hag's seen something that... Do you know what it is, mate? That means that. It's because he's never played for that? Ajax before. Ten Hag doesn't fancy it. He's like, you don't understand football, my man. You don't know how to play total football. And until you do, you're not getting on that pitch. <laughs> don't tell me you think McTominay does. <laughs> nah, he doesn't. But McTominay, McTominay, mate, he knows a Man United way of, of playing, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. So. I, I guess, know. I mean, he's protected, isn't he, McTominay? Just, you know, does a shitty tackle, gets a yellow card, and everyone's like, he cares, and somehow he stays in the team. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. He, any sense. He's fine. He's fine as a squad player. He's totally fine. 
I was getting a bit tired from the United optimism though after their four games in a row so it's nice to see them humbled again I have to say yeah one one final note Anthony has scored a really good goal which was just lost in all of this two goals in two games mm. you know we all said he was overpriced but I think everyone's just going to stop talking about that now potentially yeah I mean that goal was ridiculously good it's just, it's right? just one of them where it just comes Something out of nowhere nothing. yeah did he do anything else no he didn't join the game scored a goal mate that's more than most yeah true true I won't knock him I mean Jada Sancho literally didn't do anything all game exactly um, and that is a real worry for, for Sancho Sancho but. is Sancho is far from this squad because Grealish is coming into good form Foden Saka looking really good we'll get on to Bowen but like there's so many wingers ahead of him now so, so yeah, many yeah Sancho's on, on current form he's not making the plane and he does not look like he's picking it up no I thought maybe Ten Hag would unleash him a little bit or at least you know give him a fullback that gives him some support something you know what I mean like he was looking so isolated when he first started under Ollie, but he's still looking the same And it's just so disappointing to see like such a good talent make, yeah. make potentially such a bad decision career wise because he could have just stayed at Dortmund or he could have gone somewhere else he didn't have to change the mm. scenery it's not like he moved to Man United to win trophies in the short term, did he? So, like, I don't know. Just one of them. It's a weird one. But yeah, he is on absolute gonna... bank. I think he's on, like, 300k a week or something crazy, so. Yeah, but history won't look at him kindly if, if he doesn't pick up the form soon and he's running out of time. Yeah. You know, you know how, how long are you going to have patience? He gets to the end of his second season and he's still just, you know. Alex Awobi style no offence Alex Awobi because he's coming good this season but the stats aren't there to justify him being included for much longer no mate so, no mate sad yeah. times for him right but yeah to summarise that Manchester City on a different level I think they could win the Champions League this year just to put it out there I think they're just I, far superior I think yeah I agree but then they we always think that we always say who's going to beat them and then they find ways to beat themselves so oh I just think Haaland and KDB that link up is just disgusting I, I think this is it I think this is the season the missing piece has been bought I don't know mate I'm sure they'll find a way to do it they do it every year in more and more comical fashion so I'm expecting Haaland to score a bicycle kick own goal to knock them out last minute something just something <laughs> totally ridiculous like that I mean the Real Madrid game was ridiculous anyway two extra time goals to knock them out oh it's mental yeah yeah well let's see but yeah City are on a different plane scary. as it stands very scary alright let's take a break and then when we come back we're going to talk about Liverpool Brighton And we are back. Unfortunately, we have to do Liverpool 3, Brighton 3 again. It's just a bit disappointing. You know what? Let's just start with Brighton. Let's talk about Brighton because that's nice. And I do like Brighton. So of all the Mm. disappointing results, at least I can appreciate that they're a good team going places. Um, A word on their manager, Deserbe. Some say... What a debut. Yeah, some say he's a maverick. He had a very good debut, didn't he? Um, Very good. I think there's Tough been a game. lot of classic English hand wringing of saying he doesn't know the prem and therefore he's not going to be a success. And 
I'm really tired of this cliche, just as a more general point. Because uh, I don't know, off the top of my head, thinking about managers who've been successful who didn't know the Prem. Arsene Wenger, yeah. Rafa Benitez, Jose, Jose Mourinho. Mourinho. So yeah. it's just bullshit, really. Managers who do know the Prem. Alan Kerbishley, Sam Allardyce. <laughs> Kerbishley's a big one. <laughs> I'm saying, like, well, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't fucking matter. No. Like, no, it's irrelevant. I feel like we finally branched away from the whole English knows best for our English football kind of mantra. But it's still but there. Like, people on talk shows are like, who is this guy? He doesn't know the league. He doesn't know anything. And it's like, okay, first of all, he's a maverick guy. So he's going to be fun either way. So chill. He's going to be fun. Um, yeah. He actually pissed off a lot of people, traditionalists in Italy, because Italian football, what do you think of when I say Italian football? Defensive, right? Exactly. So, what does he do? <laughs> he plays out from the back in such a loose way that it tempts your opposition to come into them. So it's like a trap. So they play mm. like they're going to make a mistake, and then they launch it, go so direct. So they set traps right at the centre back position to yeah. get pressing teams because pressing's hot and everyone does it to draw them in to then just bypass them and go long. So it feels That's very so anti-Italian because you're literally, if it goes wrong, you can see the girl. So he's a proper maverick in that regard. But that's his style of football. He was in charge of Sass- Sassuolo during that pretty unreal period where it's like this little seaside town that's suddenly finishing like eighth, ninth in the league with no money. This was him. Mm. So, he was highly rated from his time at Sassuolo. And he was at Shakhtar Interesting. when they beat yeah. Real Madrid last season in the Champions League. So he's no joke, mate. No, I mean, I, I remember when he got announced as the most likely candidate or the top candidate to replace Potter and Brighton fans were ecstatic. They were, they were happy Potter had went. You know, they really rated this guy. So, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting you said that part of his tactics is trapping the press because yeah. a lot of I think the third goal they scored came from that Webster kind of played through Salah and then where he could have gone backwards he actually played through two or three men in fact all their goals really they did play exactly. through the press exactly um, they, they do it on purpose they know they're going to get pressed and they, they invite it and they back themselves to just get through it interesting that he played with a back four Jurgen Klopp did say that they were expecting a back five I wonder if that had some part to do with your sloppy start but let's be fair they were playing some liquid football weren't they in that first 20 minutes yeah, mate. <laughs> we honestly could have been three or four down after 20 minutes no if Welbeck was a little bit more clinical he easily could have been hallelujah that it's Welbeck yeah like we said imagine if they had a centre forward that could score exactly so yeah scary Brighton looking really good and I think they've they've got a really good manager in him I think he's going to add something um, I mean he even said it he was like Potter's done a good job I'm just here to add a little bit a little bit of spice on top I'm not going to change too much because it's really good um, he did say at the um, pre-match he said that the defence is going to be the most the centre-backs even are going to be the most important players in his team you he go. weren't lying all the game, all of it started from the centre-backs pushing forward and playing through the press like you said so that's a really interesting point and yeah, up front, the synergy's crazy. I think Solly March is, could even be an outside shout for the England squads. I know he plays right wing back and we football, don't need mate. anyone there. It's so liquid. It's like, it's like, He's so good. It's like the closest thing we've seen to peak Arsenal. It's unbelievable at times. It's so good. Their second goal was just like, I couldn't keep up. No. I don't, I don't blame Liverpool defence. I, I honestly wouldn't have been able to pick that up. That was no, they've embarrassed played us. at breakneck speed. They've embarrassed us there. Trossard with a hat-trick. 
Um, I'm, I'm just delaying how long you know we we can talk about Liverpool. Yeah, no, I feel you. But I feel you. we'll get into that. I've got plenty to say on that. But I thought like we always, even though Brighton drew, it feels like there's more positives to talk about. So we should we should talk about the positives first or the winners generally, rather than get stuck in. Trossard was a draw with a hat trick. It was a draw, but I think Brighton deserved to win, <laughs> and they deserve more plaudits from this match. They got more plaudits. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah agreed there. Agreed. Trossard is very good at football. I said it for a few weeks mm-hmm. now. If he was 24, he'd be being linked with all the big clubs in the world. I think because he's just like he's he's just perfect. The way he plays football. He has football. gone a bit underrated. He's a bit underrated, isn't he? Yeah, and you know, he I could honestly see him fitting into any of the top sides as a squad player. He's only 27. Interesting. He's st- potentially. He, do you know what he reminds me of? I put it in my notes. He reminds me of Tadic, where Tadic was at Southampton. He was pretty good. And then he joined Ajax at like 29. And then he became like the best player in the world for periods. Like he mm. got like the most assists during the last five years or something ridiculous. And he became. On the Ten Hag. Yeah. yeah. He became like a truly world class footballer. And I feel like Trossard might have that in him. If someone takes a chance that he's got so many more levels that he could go up. I mean, his goal record for Brian's good. Since 2019, 107 league appearances, 23 goals. That's not counting the assists. 21 games for the Belgium national team, five goals. I mean... He's good. He's really good. He's a top-level player and he would probably fit into any team. Yes, mate. I, really? I think so. We would take him. You'd take him. That's for sure. And yeah, that left foot's a bit of a wand, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just just great finishes. Allison's Allison's a big goalie and he's quite intimidating, but he made him look small. Cool. Allison saves you there, though. Yeah. That's a big save. Allison, Allison deserves a lot of credit because this could have been a six-three trashing. Realistically, the way it was going, this was this was going to be Jurgen out territory after those first fifteen minutes. It was looking really bad. So cool. I'll take I mean, I'll take the draw, but it was looking bad. Some Liverpool fans are already calling for his head. It's a joke. Far too early. I don't think Liverpool fans would be like that. Far but, too early, mate. Yeah. Like, he's got... Yeah. He won going, the mate. Prem, guys. Like, he won the fucking Prem. Like, chill out. Did anyone else win the Prem? I, I no, saw, they fucking didn't, I mate. I saw a comment saying, Klopp, your time's done. Thank you for your service. And the and he, he, they wrote this in capitals. One Prem and one Champions League in seven years. I was like, Liverpool fans have got so spoiled. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But He's won all the trophies since we've been here for a start. Yes, okay, it's like one of each. But guess what? That's still like five trophies. And that's five more than we were winning under fucking Hodgson or Dalgleish. So like, no, just stop. Some t- Look how far we come. We had Moreno. There's a, there's an we had Mignolet. Oh, it's a joke. Our team is unrecognisable from when he took over. Yes, maybe we're having a wobble. Maybe he won't sort it out. But fuck me. Let him have as long as he wants. Like, yeah, we'll have a shit season this season. Whatever. We've had a great season last season, like almost the greatest season of all time. It's going to take yeah. a hangover after going so high. Yeah, I mean, However. there's an element. <laughs> there's an element of of when Arsenal fans are wishing for Arsene Wenger to leave, which is a case of you don't actually realise how good you've got it. And I don't think anyone can replace Klopp. And it's certainly not the time to even think about his dismissal. But there's something I wanted to talk to you about before we actually get into the game. Yeah, all right. It's well known that after seven years with Mines and you know he took Mines up to the Bundesliga for the first time in his seventh year they got relegated mm. at Dortmund in their seventh year okay the caveat is they lost Lewandowski to Bayern the season in the in the window but they had a season where they were completely off the boil ended up in seventh place eighth place are we seeing the same drop off because Klopp's game a lot of it is obviously about running you know like fitness is a massive part 
Yep. Maybe there is a timeline for a team, you know, they can only play so many games at the, at the level he requires or that, you know, the system requires before we do see the drop-off. I think, I think that's a very unfortunate set of statistics and the evidence doesn't look good. There's, maybe he's got a curse. Maybe, maybe Paul Pogba has put a curse on Klopp as well. <laughs> Who knows? But, I don't know if it's a curse though. I think it's, I think there could be an element of that. What I would I say though, right, is that A, Liverpool have changed how they play quite significantly under Klopp already. We used to play super attacking, pressing, aggressive football where we would just blitz you 3-0 but then run out of steam. Now we play a much more measured game and you saw that last season. We didn't really concede possession. We would just slowly build things up um, Mm. and we rarely looked flustered. So I think he's adapted his style of football as we've gone on in order to make sure that the players don't get burnt out and we evolve as a team, which he hasn't done previously. He's been all about his brand of football. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about that because he's not like he's just been making them do the same thing for seven seasons. We've evolved quite a lot. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I don't really know what's going on, if I'm honest, because th- well, these I are all just, really good players. How can how can the whole team collectively be dropping off then? I can understand. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. In isolation, or Hendo in isolation, or Salah in isolation, Van Dijk in isolation, but all of them together at the same time... Yeah. Either mentally they're, they're shot from last season, which we've touched on before, or there really is a kind of the physical aspect where, you know, they've been pushed to their absolute limits. And it's true, footballers can only play a certain amount of games in their career. You look at Wayne Rooney, perfect example, played so many games from such a young age and he was lethal. By the time he got to his kind of 30s, he was done. It could be it that. in his legs It could just anymore. be collectively after such a long season and a limited summer team is just you haven't it's just, really it's just in done. the same way that you know over the last two seasons we've rebuilt a whole squad yeah. Tottenham have rebuilt their whole squad Chelsea have rebuilt their whole squad Liverpool haven't really no we're still talking a lot of the key members are still the same key members from that 2018 we, run when you finally we tend to, to do top. one key player per window generally we do it quite slowly yeah. and I do think maybe this summer we, we maybe missed a trick we maybe needed a bigger refresh because a lot of the team are now on the wrong side of 30 and it might just be a collective aging of the team all at once we're just seeing them all get a little bit slower and a little bit older and a little more worn out and suddenly that's like 10% drop off is actually massive yeah I think what's more alarming as well is that this was supposedly the most trusted midfield that Liverpool have got no excuses there anymore Tiago, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were terrible again. They're rubbish. So I don't know. Right now, I can only see Diaz in form. Firmino, he he's good now. We have to play him (laughs) because uh, we have so few players playing well. So anyone who looks decent, they have to start at this point. Yeah, forget about Nunes. Just forget about it. That's a minor problem in comparison. We just got to play Firmino for now. Diaz, we've got to play him. He looks good, but everyone else looks terrible. And I don't know how you fix that when eight eight players are playing awfully. Allison's fine, you know, but he must be getting pissed off, Allison. Yeah, like, guys, what be. is going on out here? Yeah, I think the defense is the biggest worry. I think your attack can compensate as long as you keep a, a clean sheet. But if you're shipping goals, well, like yeah, no, we tomorrow. can see the first goal, like what for maybe the tenth time in eleven games or something ridiculous like that. It's just sloppy. It's it's like every game we just look rubbish until we're like two goals behind. 
Yes. And let's talk about a defender in particular. A defender that has been highlighted a lot since the international break and what seems to be an internal debate. Is Trent any good? (laughs) Currently, he's pretty rubbish. He is an exceptional footballer and a very special talent, but when the rest of the defence are playing terribly, then, yeah, there's not much... There's not really anywhere to hide. I think that. I think he's the full guy, because I'm sorry to put it on him. I mean, he's our worst defender, but because we had a world-class defence, there's no shame in that. He's just very good, and everyone else was exceptional. You play with that risk. Yeah. Because the defence should be covering him, which is why I think a lot... I think it's unfair, but if you look at it at a point of view from yesterday, he was at fault for the first two Brian goals. Well, all the attacks go down that side at this point because it's so easy. It's so simple. You know you're going to get in. So but The second goal, they lumped it forward. He didn't chest it. Danny Welbeck managed to get to the rebound. Yeah, it was rubbish. Unforgivable, no, he, in my opinion, he, that one. I think he needs to be out of the firing line because the pressure is building. It's a bit too much now. The the sort of hysteria around yeah. it is a bit too much. I'm starting to get Harry Maguire vibes. That's what yeah, I mean. I think take him out of the firing line for a bit because... I mean, he's he's one of the bigger issues in a very large raft of big problems. Like, Van Dyke's playing terribly. Massett was rubbish after being really good mm-hmm. when he came on. Simicast was rubbish. Robertson's been all right. But it's just like, they're all rubbish at the moment. And I don't really know what to do with that. I don't know how you fix that. So I don't think Klopp does, to be honest. Take Trent Every out. week. See how it goes. Give him a rest. Because his, his attacking output is also not there, so... Who do you replace him with? Calvin Ramsey's injured, I believe. Oh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. We've got some, you don't some have young the stuff. Con- you know, Connor like- Bradley, mate, bring him in if he's not on loan. I don't know. Just bring someone in. It doesn't matter. Joe yeah. Gomez at right back, he's pretty rubbish at the moment. I know. I feel like you'd probably be even worse with Joe Gomez. Like just, just play Gomez, mate. Who cares? We're rubbish <laughs> at the moment. Just just look at look, look at big picture because the short term, this pain's not going away. So let's just let's just unpick these problems one by one and not panic. Yeah, I and mean, what's worrying as well is Klopp has again said we need to have a reaction, which is exactly what he said after the Napoli game. How many times have you got asked for a reaction from this team and, and not get one? I am worried. I would, I would expect a very big January if things are still like this because I think Klopp deserves that. He deserves to be able to give it one more go. But yeah, if we end the season like eighth, then it's going to be tough for him. But he's got plenty of time. It's just a year in football. Like, he's given us six wonderful years of football. It's fine. Yeah. Five wonderful years. One terrible year during COVID where we had no defenders. That was also terrible. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I almost say you were in a worse spot during that injury-ridden six months at the beginning of the year. Was it last year? I think it was last year now, wasn't it? Yeah, it was where COVID six year. In a row yeah, I think yeah. that was 2020, so- I think. But like in terms of injuries, you were in a much worse place then. So yeah, this this feels more concerning because it's less obvious why everyone's playing like shit. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, but yeah. you know, it only takes a couple of wins to just forget this ever happened and just scrape fifth, fourth place by the end of the season. You never know, mate. We might we might still win the Champions League. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. But as it stands, you'd be good to qualify at that group. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Steven Gerrard documentary the other day and I saw that Olympiacos moment and I was like, dreams can happen. It's still possible. <laughs> Imagine that last game of the season, we need a goal to win. Hendo comes in, 30 yards. It's written, mate. It's written. Written in the stars. Yeah, well, 
with every pressing game I mean who have you got next you've got Arsenal and City next which is not two games to, to pick it up on you've got us away next no, Arsenal is a, a game really where we traditionally game. do well but this is not the normal Arsenal anymore this is a different beast so I still, I'm not feeling optimistic yeah, I'm, I'm not feeling I expect optimistic a response either, because I feel like we've got we've got a mental advantage over Arsenal in recent years I think Arsenal have a bit of a mental block when they play us form mm. becomes less interesting but we are shit so there is that yeah I'm really looking forward to that Martinelli versus Trent I have to say I know who I'm picking in that battle but like you say it, nothing's written when it's Liverpool Arsenal and we do have a knack of losing to you guys so. one thing's for sure big goals I'm expected four for someone yeah four three don't know who don't know who. <laughs> the way it's going it's going to be fucking 7-0 but whatever 7-2 on current form Okay, I'll here's a question I pose to you. Let's have a look at the quick table quickly. Liverpool, ninth place, ten points from seven games. So just below Fulham, below Newcastle. Very strong team. If we get you know, to the very end good of company, that's exactly good where I company. thought we'd be jostling with Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't see yourselves in the top four come World Cup, is it Klopp out or do you stick with Klopp? Now, mate, get get to January. He's he's a good cup manager. He can have a final, you know, a final flourish, a surprising FA Cup run or something. I think just wait till the end of the season. No need to panic. I mean, it's pretty clear. But what that, if this form continues? Just what I'm saying. What if what if European football is completely off well, the cards? I don't see any better managers out there. No, but you know, sometimes you just you just know when when it's up. I know, but know? I don't see any compelling. Like major compelling other candidates that would be interesting because he he's like he gets it like he has always got it as well don't forget he embodies the club really well he's a very good leader um, and spokesman for the club he he just makes sense it's a good fit from a personality perspective and yes the results are pretty crap but you know managers turn it around they work it out just because he's failed previously means he probably knows where he goes wrong and maybe he can draw on that it's like plenty of managers learn from their mistakes and get better just as players do it's fine we'll see <laughs> I mean I think yeah this drop off is a lot more to be honest like you say this is a, a real worry but my, my feeling is FSG can't afford to be out of the Champions League for too long so I think they'll take action sooner rather than later if this continues but cool heads in the crisis guys cool heads Everyone. Yeah, well, tell that to Liverpool fans asking for his head. All football fans, mate. Just being babies, aren't they? Just being big babies. Just fucking chill out. <laughs> fucking hell. This fan's the Messiah. Put some respect on his name. It's just it's a fucking draw with Brighton. Like, get a grip. Like, Brighton are good. Brighton are like one of the best. Oh, it's pissing me off. I told you, mate. Spoil. Spoil. Don't know what I mean, I'm beating them four at the end of the day. That's the only way you can look at it in the Prem. So. Exactly. Anyway, let's move on from that abomination of a result for Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, move on to Fulham versus Newcastle. 4-1 Newcastle. Have to say, I thought this game would be a lot closer. Me too. I guess the red cards. Some, some would say the referee ruined this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Certain BBC <laughs> analysts would say that the referee ruined this game. Um, I'll be honest. No, that was it was a, it was a shocker. It was, <laughs> was, it was awful. awful. Yeah, it was so bad. He's he, it was so, so bad I wouldn't bet against him getting an extra game ban like bringing it to four I don't know if there's some beef between Longstaff and Chalabar but it really seems to be a bit I don't know what bit, bit of Longstaff did to Chalabar but my goodness 
Yeah. Rude. He was upset. He didn't even look remorseful. Yeah. When he... The irony as well is that if you look at it from a Fulham perspective, they have Paulinho, who plays there. He's banned because he's such an angry, aggressive player. He got five yellows in eight games or seven games. Oh, wow. So he he was missing this game through suspension. So they brought in Chalabar. Chalabar, mate, channeling that energy from the off in true Paulinho tribute. And yeah. I don't think we're going to see Chalaba yeah. play another game this season after that, man. No, nah, it was his first start and yeah, within 10 minutes he's he's walking off the pitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a really silly challenge. Uh, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was no obvious danger. He must have really thought he was going to get the ball. It's yeah. the only thing I can think it of. Was, it was very reckless. But yeah, after that game was done, basically. I mean, Wilson scored like five minutes later. One nil down, one man down with 80 minutes to go. You're like, okay, we're, we're done. Mm, I mean, there's some banging goals, wasn't there? Newcastle looked electric. They all look like they want to play. And yeah, it was Eddie without, Howes. Um, what's his name? Mr. Mr. Five Star Skill Moves on the left. So Maximum. Oh, Sir Maximum. Yeah, he wasn't playing. And they, they looked really That's good. That's true. And neither was Joe Ellington, the single greatest box-to-box midfielder of his generation. I wonder, because I thought Joe Willock was extremely good in this match. I wonder if he came in for one of the two. I think Willock plays most games, but maybe Willock got to play the Joe Ellington role instead of a different role. He was given license he was, to get forward. He was really good. He, good. he looked dangerous every time he went forward. Yeah. And he was timing his runs correctly. Um, I think he got two assists. So yeah, mate. Big, big, he, big performance for him. He, he was like the greatest lone player of all time at one point. Obviously, yeah. he's all gone, gone a bit quiet, but he's got he's got higher levels in him for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's all clicking for Newcastle. Maybe Fulham made them look a bit good, but they were rampant all over them. Yeah, I think Fulham heads went down after the first goal. However, we're doing someone a disservice. Someone we've slated quite a lot on this show. Yeah, trust. Miguel Almiron. That first goal was unbelievable. magical. It was such a good goal. It was like shades of that famous Decadio goal. It was unbelievable. Yeah, there was a bit of Leticio in there, wasn't there? The way he kind of just looped it over I mean Leno stood as a bystander watched that go over his head um, he had no right to hit it with his left like that no, <laughs> no, no, no right no. from that position it was so unorthodox it almost felt like not professional it felt like an amateur in the park just try ridiculous things that your coach don't mm. do that you know that that doesn't work because it just it was mm. so strange it was so good such a good goal and full credit to him he does work hard doesn't he he's always he never, worked hard his, his numbers were his terrible head drop. but he always works hard that's true mm, and mm. he's now got I think four goals this season or three goals already so he's on course for his most productive season with like one more so fair play mm. to him because he always seemed like the most obvious next upgrade position that right wing slot yeah. feels the next one but yeah, he's really got down. He's done really well. I think credit to him, credit to Eddie Howe as well, because he's obviously coaxing, you know, more end product out of him and coaching him really well. So pretty cool. Yeah, I have to have to agree and give credit to to Miguel. Um, and yeah, Eddie Howe as well. I think Eddie Howe's man management is top, to be fair. Um, and yeah, he just played with a lot of confidence, which is what he was lacking before. And maybe that was the main thing missing is that now he has the confidence of the manager. Yeah. Maybe he's not, you know, worried about getting subbed off every game. And You get that impression, yeah, I though. Mean, Eddie Howe has very good vibes as a manager. You feel like he would make you feel really, really positive and confident every game. And He does the basics right. It looks like that Newcastle team comes out well-equipped for, for the match ahead of them. Yeah, well, 
I remember reading about Eddie Howe from his Bournemouth days. I've always been a big fan. Um, apparently, he's one of the hardest working managers in the league by far. Like, he'll get there at like five and he's already coming up with like strategy and plans. So he works like 17 hour days or something ridiculous. Bloody hell. Yeah. He's like, he's very serious about it. Which, which means, <laughs> poor Mrs. Howe. Yeah, true that. But, you know, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it at some point. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is Hopefully. why this is what I was saying with Klopp. Eddie Howe is a manager who could not coach defence, right? And now Newcastle are so solid. They're like one of the most solid teams in the Prem at the moment. Like they conceded a goal here, but you never felt like they concede more than one. Um, and so he's yeah. obviously worked on that himself and brought in the right people to change it, um, which is why it gives me faith. People can learn new things, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not going back on Klopp. <laughs> We're not going back there. Um, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, you have to give Newcastle credit, but the fact that they were playing against 10 men for 80 minutes, yeah. maybe this was coming. This was coming. Yeah. Um, but they were clinical. And I think that's the main takeaway is that every time they went forward, they really looked threatening. And these are the kind of games over the season, Fulham away, on paper could be a tough game. We've seen teams struggle already this season against Fulham, so have to take some some big some big confidence from this from this win yeah Newcastle needed it because they only had a win so far they've had good performances but relatively few points in comparison so there was a little bit of pressure on Eddie Howe so very good result for him I wonder if this is the start of Fulham reverting a bit more to the mean and having a set of more challenging results because their start was it was too good I'd say it was unsustainably good and surprisingly good um, and I do wonder if this is going to be the start of that more awkward rocky patch where things don't quite go their way and they have to dig really deep to grind things out. Mm. But we'll see. Mm. We'll see. It's just speculation, but sometimes these defeats and, you know, descending off and things like that, it can have a wider impact on the next few weeks in terms of morale. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have a look, see where Fulham, see if Fulham can pick them up and see if Marco Silva can pick them up. Because we, we remember how it went for Marco Silva at Everton. Mm-hmm. Um, it went sour very quick, so this is his chance. Yeah. Um, a final note: it was very strange to see Kurzweil playing for Fulham. That, that I felt, I found that quite jarring personally, <laughs> because I remember him being at PSG and starting a lot of matches. So that was strange. Yeah, I mean, there's a point when we were in for him before we bought Zinchenko. So yeah, it's strange. I think Fulham have that weird pulling power that they are a London-based club. Mm. So there is just more of an incentive for these kind of bigger players to play for them. Like Leno, the only reason Leno's moved to them is because they're Prem and they're, he wanted to stay in London. Yeah, that's fair you know, enough. Otherwise he'd be off. So Just found it strange, yeah. mate. It's just the power of these, of the money in the Prem at this point, that Champions League players are, are going to promotion promotion teams straight off the yeah. bat. It's cool though. It makes the league all the more competitive. So yeah. long may that continue. Hoovering up all the talents from Europe. Yeah, I'm sure all the other leagues will love it. And Lodi... Ben and Lodi for, for for Forest. Oh, it's mental. Two Champions League left backs just playing for promoted teams. Oh, it's mental. Two Champions League goalies playing mental. for promoted teams. It makes no sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> it's twenty twenty two, baby. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Super League. It's UK. It turns out. All right. Anyway, let's get it. Let's let's move on. Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Two one Chelsea. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it again. <laughs> They've done it again. I mean, the get out of jail card. Chelsea was, are stealing points so far this season. And they've done it again. They've done it again. Was it four at the back for Chelsea? 
I, I think it was. I think so, but I think you always have to have an asterisk with it because it's it's all very fluid. Yeah, it's quite flexible. But I think it was Fofana and Thiago Silva in the centre back positions. Yeah. Um, James and yeah, let's James and Chilwell. So yeah, you're probably right, but it, it's always fluid, especially with Graham Potter. I thought Fofana looked a bit rubbish. I don't know if he's just kind of getting up to speed, but for Edward's goal, he could have done a lot better. Yeah, um, it's a good goal, very good finish. To be fair, I don't rate Edward yeah, very much. Finish. And I'm always no. surprised to see him start because Palace, Palace are not short of good attackers, but it's a really good finish. To be fair to him, yeah, good finish. I think that's the kind of finish that he's all about. Do you know what I mean? The kind of little toe poke and on the end of a cross. But yeah, Fofana, I have to say, seventy mil. Maybe that's hanging over him a little bit. He just doesn't look comfortable in Chelsea top so far. Uh, but he wasn't the most uncomfortable Chelsea <laughs> centre back of, of the afternoon. Let's crack on with that with that handball for Thiago Silva. Scandalous. Let, let me ask you: yellow or red? I think it's a yellow, but just because of how cynical it was. If it had gone to, if I'd gone mm. to the monitor and seen how deliberate it was, I think I'd give mm. him a red. Because it's such blatant cheating. Like, you get a yellow for a late challenge that's... It's honest. You just were going for the ball and you mistimed it. He's literally mm. denied this guy going one-on-one with the goalie by handballing it and ruining the match. It's it's just... It's pure cheating. So, yeah, I think it should... It rankles. I think just on the principle of fair play, it should be a red card. Because it, it's just really wrong. It's not like a cynical hack. It's like he's literally grabbed the ball to stop anything happening. I think he even touched the ball twice. Yeah. So does that mean it should be two yellows? However you want to do it, just get him off. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't like I, it. I thought it was super cynical. I, I do understand the yellow because it was quite far yeah. up the pitch. If it was a bit closer to goal, then maybe it'd be it would definitely be a red. But I think yellow, forgetting the cynical nature of it and the, the blatant cheating, it's probably fair. But I agree, it just wasn't nice to see. Just yeah. smacks of just. Chelsea scum. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Sorry, I'm back. Well, there go all the Chelsea listeners. There and then. I apologise. You know, Hugh does like Arsenal and sometimes he forgets that this is, this is a one take. Sick of him. Bloody sick of him. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, let's be fair. If it was your centre back doing that in the same situation, you probably. I'd be probably, disappointed, but I'd also say. It's very professional. Very good professional it's foul. Professional that. foul. The experience from Thiago yeah, Silva really shone through there, didn't it? Do you know what the worst part about it was? It's that he got an assist like 10 minutes later for the goal. I know. That's what it was. That's why I rankled. I know. Crystal Palace fans absolutely fuming. Vieira was fuming, has there been, he? was fuming. Has there been a team who've played Chelsea this season who haven't felt robbed? Because it feels like this keeps happening. Like West Ham, that was a robbery. I can't remember who else, but it just feels like they're just getting away with a lot at the moment. And you wonder if it will turn at some point. I mean... Gallagher scoring the winner feels again just pain. Classic. It's just so much pain Classic. for Palace. Like that decision, yeah. then him getting the assist, then Gallagher, he was on loan there last season, getting the winner at 90 minutes. It's just pain. This is horrible as a defeat. Yeah, it was a tough loss. It was a tough 2 1, and honestly, Chelsea didn't deserve it. I didn't think Chelsea were anywhere impressive. I think a draw was perfectly reasonable. I don't think Palace mm. were that good. They played all their attackers, but didn't look that attacking. I think they probably went a little too hard but it's, I thought it was nice to see Palace are not scared of anyone anymore especially Chelsea they fancy playing Chelsea 
Yeah, but all the praise that we've given them, let's be fair, seven games played, six points, sitting in 17. Well, exactly. They're another team who have played better than their points total. But mm. you have to pick up points. But again, you just feel yeah. bad for them. This, this should have been a point. They were robbed of a point here, let's be fair. I know, maybe, maybe we should stop saying it, but I do feel like if they just continue as they are, they will be fine. But... Yeah, quite shocked to see them so far far down the table. Yeah, they've had some really unlucky results. Yeah, they've just got a lot of good players. Really, they're just they're a good team. They're a better team than their position dictates. But then you can make that argument for basically every single team at this point. There are no teams who are mm. rubbish anymore, apart from maybe Liverpool. So mm. yeah, and, and Leicester. And oh, I forgot about Leicester. Holy shit! Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. Luckily, we don't have to cover them today, so all good there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Eze for England I want it let's make it happen he's fun why not why not 26 fan squad he's wild card him. he is fun he is fun I mean who could you replace him with the problem is that Greenwich oh, is now too playing many people. well yeah um, there's too many people in his position to not take on the plane I know just don't but he's just he's something different isn't he I'm, I'm here for oh, him oh yeah I'm, I'm yeah really he's a maverick yeah I, I mean I would happily put him in there. It's just a question of who do you take away. It's hard. I don't think you can, because suddenly all of the attackers are starting to put in really good performances. But yeah, I still want to see it. I'd like to see it, but yeah, maybe. Sadly, the World Cup's probably just coming a bit too soon. Yeah, a bit too soon. Anyway, a word on Potter. I can see you put Potter needed a win here. He did, and I agree. I think I his agree. first game was a draw in the Champions League, and then did he win last week? Tell him. I can't remember. It's just been a... It's his first Premier League game, I think, actually. Yeah, second game. I think he just needed a win just to establish himself. And it wasn't a great win, but a win's a win. And I think win's a win. You just need to get that. If he goes three games without a win, then pressure's building immediately. And you know what Chelsea are like. Mm. I mean, what it was a, what I did notice, there was a stark difference between his touchline demeanour compared to Tommy Tuchel. He was actually encouraging his players, not throwing his hands up in a strop. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's encouraging. I think it's going to be a slow start for Potter while he rings changes, but I know, well, I don't know, but from what you've seen from Potter, he's a man with a plan and he sticks to his plan. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's served him well so far. It's going to be really interesting to see what, what he can do with Chelsea, you know, a big club in England. It's really, you know, first big club of his career. I was thinking that. I think everyone should be rooting for him because, yeah, maybe you don't like Chelsea, so maybe you don't want to, but it's been a long time since there's been an English manager who actually could be elite level mm. I actually don't remember mm. who the last one was who was managing a Champions League club and generally you know looked like he could be in that conversation of one of the best coaches I'm not saying Potter's there yet but at least he's in the right place to establish himself to do it most don't even get the chance and when they do they're rubbish so I can't honestly remember who was the last one English managers a bit behind their European English. counterparts Maybe George Graham for Arsenal in the 90s? Shocking to think it's that far 30 back. years. Is that what we're going to say since we've had Champions League quality English managers? Kevin Keegan had a good patch. Bobby Robson maybe at Newcastle. Yeah. I am clutching at straws here. Same. So nothing in the 2000s basically. Probably at least 20 years. That's probably wrong. I'm sure we're missing some. But you know what? We're just viewers, we're saying it. Let us know. We're saying it. Let us know these if we are, are missing someone. These are hot takes, mate, from the back seat. It is what it is. From the back seat. Okay, I like it. Shall we have another break and then jump in the last three games? Yeah, baby. 
last four games, actually. Okay. See you in a moment. Welcome back for part three of From the Backseat Football Podcast. We are going to run through the last four games from the weekend. First up, we have Southampton 1, Everton 2, an away win for Everton at St Mary's. And yeah, worries for Southampton. And I really have a worry for Ralph Hasenhutl. I really think he could be the next one to go. He survived worse. He's a survivor. Anyone who can survive two 9-0 losses and still be in the job, he's not going anywhere. So I believe that, but I now have read and understand that a lot. Of, he's lot. He's lost a lot of the dressing room. So over the summer, a lot of members of the team actually went to uh, senior management, the club execs, and said we're going to have to consider our future if Ralph stays in the role. No way. I think once that happens, because obviously he has stayed in the role. Yeah. Apparently, he doesn't speak to his players when they lose. Really? Like he doesn't speak to his players at all. Well, so he just yeah, has like, a players feel like a tantrum. Just gives him the cold yeah, shoulder. It appears surely so. not. What I understand is like he literally doesn't say a word to them, um, and yeah, players are just like, don't want to play under him. Apparently, players are getting annoyed with him as well because he's always emotional on the touchline, and you know, yeah. I just when you read stuff like that, and I've seen it so many times, the writing's always on the wall. I mean, what I, I will say, yeah, is that when you watch them play, they swing so wildly in form, game to game. They can beat. They can beat Chelsea one week and then they just get beat by Everton the next week. You don't know what you're going to get, and mm-hmm. it does seem like there's probably something else going on here because you can't, you just can't work them out. You can't piece together what's actually happening at all. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe there is an issue deeper with the dressing room. It's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, they have brought in ten players over the off season, and mm-hmm. it's a very young team. So you know maybe this season it's all about consolidating their position in the Premier next season they'll be a lot different I just don't know if Ralph's going to be the man to oversee it I'll say it once and I'll say it again mate it's time to ring the Sean Dyche klaxon bring him back (laughs) (laughs) maybe Sean at Southampton I think I could see Sean at Southampton more than who did you suggest last week Leicester if Leicester lose tonight bring him in just to the end of the season mate see what he's got could parachute him in yeah He's proven Pen Pedigree. He, he kept Burnley up exactly. way over them when they should have. So He will keep both these teams in, no doubt. So why not? Yeah. But yeah, yeah Saints need absolutely. to win this one. Everton at home, it's got, you've got to get three points in this. So pretty rubbish. Everton will be very happy with it though. Um, I was actually very impressed with Everton, I have to Big say. Big win. Like, if you break down the components of this win, both their new signings get on the score sheet with Cody and McNeil. Um the impact of Cody in particular is really impressive. You know, I think he's transformed the back line. He's got great leadership, just defensive capabilities. Everton were awful yeah. at the back last season. They were just awful. Yeah. And he's it feels like he's transformed that back line alongside Tarkovsky. And they look they just look solid now. Which you yeah. would never expect from A Everton and then Everton times Lampard. That formula doesn't equal solid at the back. There's no way. But they are. They're really good. So no, I agree. I think Cody's proven to be a really shrewd signing. One of the best. Um, as a, as a loan signing, no yeah. fee. Communication. Yeah. Um, Deserves it's captain weird, of yeah. team. Why Wolves have let him go when Wolves themselves are struggling? It does seem odd. Crazy. It seems even odder week by week when he's obviously flourishing as well. Yeah, they've improved the direct rival Wolves by letting him go and it's a weird one. It's a weird one. But yeah, even beyond that, like Everton are hard to beat. 
He's proven he's brought in proven Premier League experienced players. Um, he's made the defence immeasurably better. The attack is not just four wingers who can't score goals running around. Like there's balance to it, there's logic to it. They all look a lot better already. Um, and yeah, the mid- midfield looks good and cohesive. So yeah, he's doing a very there. very good job, Lampard. And credit to him. No, I completely agree. And a word on Onana as well for Everton. 20-year-old Belgian. Absolute monster. I didn't realise he was six foot two. He was so big in the game. Yeah. Had a hand in both the goals. And I think him, Idris Gay and Awobi is quite a nice looking midfield. It's extremely actually. nice. Extremely nice. Yeah. This is it. Great additions this summer. They've improved their team so much. The whole spine of the team has improved with Mope, um, Onana and then the two centre-backs. Great business. Yeah. Agreed there. Agreed there. Um, it's a weird one. The second goal came from what Southampton looked like they were going to score. Yeah, I don't know if you, it was really weird, eh? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, that's enough to tear your hair out if you're Ralph, Ralph Hasenhutel. Should have scored one end and then conceded a really sloppy goal at the other. Um, yeah, I feel like the players yeah. were still appealing and frustrated. You know, they weren't fully focused on defending. And it can it can happen like that. Um, that's the way it goes. A couple of points on Southampton. Then Joe Rebo is a very good player. He picks up very good positions around the mm-hmm. box. Um, and I think he's probably, despite flashier prospects, probably their most important signing this summer. I think he adds a lot to what they've got already. In the long term, he might not be. But for this specific season, I think he's a very big pickup. Um, the other one is Bellum Kotchap. First senior cat for Germany. That is crazy. Doesn't surprise me, though. He is so good. And I, he will leave Southampton, I feel, if he carries on this form, despite... Southampton's overall performance you can see he's a quality defender yeah. he's got all the attributes in my opinion he's big he's fast and he, he's just smart I feel like his game intelligence belies his age so I think well deserved and I think Germany are right to call him up yeah I agree I, just, I never thought I'd see the day where a German international is playing for Southampton who are playing awfully and yet despite mm. being awful and conceding goals he's getting a call up regardless it's just no well, I'm glad turns. that I'm glad that uh, Hansi, Hansi Flick agrees with me. Clearly, he un, you know two two amazing football brains understand and can notice a good defender when they see one. So, yep. Um, and then a final yeah. point: uh, is it Che Adams? Is it yeah. Che Adams. The hot streak is over. He's not very good at finishing again. We knew it would happen. He's a nuisance. But he's very streaky. He's so streaky. Very streaky. And Southampton really miss Brozier big time. Yeah. Until they get a proper yeah. forward, they're going to be struggles. That's the thing. He's guilty of missing that chance when they could have gone two one up, and in the end they would go two one down. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's harsh to blame that on Shea Adams, but it could have gone so differently for him. Agreed. Um, do you want to take a very minor pause because you need to let the cat in? <laughs> no, I just want to. Uh, the, the cat's now left. Apologies, guys. I have to close the door when um, we record, but I haven't said hello to the cat since I got back. And just, just for clarity, just, this is not even his cat. It's not even my cat. To be honest, if if you're the owner of a cat. With a Coleco colouring, it's quite small for a cat. Then maybe this is your cat, but she's my cat now. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you if you hear some rogue meowing in that last section, it's because she's been standing at the door trying to say hello, and I've cruelly just shut her out. But she seems to have left, which is good. Gone to our other home, mate. Our other family. <laughs> Gone to our home where she's going to get some love. So let's just move on to West Ham versus Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh, 2-0 yeah. for the Hammers and a 2-0 win that they really needed to kickstart their season major win major win again they've played well this season I feel like we're just on repeat a lot of teams have played well and maybe that's just ref- reflects the competitiveness of the league but the Hammers have 
very few points so they really needed this win and they got it so happy for them agreed agreed um and maybe just a quick word on bruno say levy he's gone I, I honestly i have to say it was probably coming it's a weird one they, isn't it yeah I, feel- I thought it was pretty nailed on to be honest they don't look good they haven't scored anywhere near enough goals no 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 to warrant his the backing you know if they were just losing you know like but the but the the performances were good you know but they weren't getting the results so maybe you could forgive it but the performances are bad and the results were even worse so it just felt harsh to me um, I felt like he had a plan I felt like really? he was, well, last season they I think he was you know he was like in a shout with like manager of the year at, at least at this Christmas I think he was doing such a good job but yeah one mm. win in 15 is pretty awful so it's fair just, I don't know it just, I just I, think I felt like he's a good manager but I'm sure they... He probably is a good manager. I just think he's built a squad that's so unbalanced and it's unfortunate because Jimenez is injured. Their new centre-forward was injured. Yeah. They don't really have any... They've had to parachute a 33-year-old Diego Costa in. Who, honestly, he's not going to be the answer to all your problems. Looks good when he came on. Immediately. You look good. Immediately yeah. Way more yeah, great to show. They just have no clinical edge. what I mean. They just play a load of people who want to get in and around the box and then finally they get someone who wants mm. to be in the box. Boom. One offside goal. One almost goal. Like, immediate impact so surely the buck rests of him right I mean you know? he did buy a striker who got injured in the first game yeah. there are caveats to this I don't think Bruno Lage has done done a horrible job I mean but when he came he was he spoke about all this attacking football yeah. said he was going to play four at the back what did he line up with yesterday five at the back why yeah, would well, Cody go if you're going to do five at he's the been back? Playing four at the back and it hasn't worked, so I guess he's just scrambling around trying to get some mm. just results as opposed to system. But you know, like this is what I mean. The moment you break away from what you know, yeah. In the pursuit, when you're, when you're scrambling, results, it hardly using the old works. formations, that's when you know it's done. Times up, and again, this season more than any, every team's picking up points to a degree. So you can't do a Leicester and get yourself left behind. I understand why action was taken, but maybe, yeah, on the face of it, it was a bit harsh. Um, Can you imagine the bloodbath if Wolves got relegated? The the sort of asset stripping that would be involved. There's so many players there at cut price deals. Well, I think that's probably why they've had to act, isn't it? Yeah. Because they just can't afford to get relegated. Their model's not about relegation. So, yeah, they've got to stay in the league. Yeah. I wonder who's going to come in. I reckon Sporting Lisbon. Okay. We're, We're in the same ballpark here. Yeah, it's going to be Portuguese. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Ruben Amarim from Sport. Ah, sorry, that's actually who I, who I meant. I thought it was Porter Coach. Yeah, that guy, for sure. Yeah. I just released clause to like 20 mil all day, so let's see. Let's see. That'd be my bet. Um, a word on the winners. Skabaka scored his first goal. It's a really good goal. What a goal. So, wow. hopefully he's more confident now and he can go on and be as good as I think we all assume he yeah. probably can be. We'll see. I was quite um, pleased to see him score that goal, actually. I don't know why don't really invest too much of my interest in, in West Ham or how they're doing but yeah it's nice to see him get his first goal it was a bloody good goal as well yeah and I thought Jared, Jared Bowen played really really well in this game his goal was really good really nicely taken mm. but he was he was much more lively much more of a threat and his combinations with Kerra on that right hand side looks promising so I think we know that his England place is, is definitely under threat if not potentially already gone thanks to Foden getting a hat-trick and Saka looking excellent for England and Arsenal but mm. he's got to keep performing and it's a nice problem to have England's right wing options are looking good at the moment 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, he definitely needs to pick up his performances. Maybe getting dropped from the from the England squad was good for him in hindsight. I'm sure West Ham appreciated him getting some rest as well. He's still the main man at West yeah. Ham, interestingly. He's the only attacking player who plays every minute he's available. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, I think yeah. says he's, a lot. He's going to be... He's going to be critical for them. You know? Hopefully, he has a good season leading up to to the World Cup. For sure. And then, yeah, I'd like to see him on the plane because he's very direct, like you say, and he's got a bit of a wand of a left foot. Yeah, he is. It's, he's just quite unique. He's not really an English player quite like him. He looks very much like Mo Salah, like a budget Mo Salah sometimes. Mm. You know, it's just like nipping well, I mean, around, there, there was a time poking like left foot goals in. It's decent. Klopp likes him, so maybe there is there is shades of Mo Salah about him. Oh, definitely. You know? If you were looking for a you know, like an understudy, you could do a lot worse. But he's too expensive now, far too expensive. If we picked him up for 15 yeah. mil, that would have been ideal, but yeah. Ain't no way, bro. The English tax is going to, yeah, the English tax is going to hit you on that. So that'll be 50 mil minimum for, for Jared Byrne, unless he runs down that contract. Yeah, for sure, mate. All right, let's move on to the two nil-nil draws. First up, Leeds oh. nil, Villa nil. Boring, boring, boring. However, Sinestro got a red card, which was quite funny. It was also I think quite that's dumb. Really the main talking point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, one for a challenge that was a bit late. Again, was it was it really a yellow card? The first one, I would say, mm, compared with Thiago Silva getting a yellow, the lightest of yellow card offences. But then the block from the free kick was so stupid. Oh, I feel a bit bad for him on that block because the guy did kind of just launch it. It almost looks like an instinctive kick. Or just like instinctive. Yeah, but it's so stupid. Like, you just don't do it. Yeah, I know, I know. I, I, honestly, the in-game management from him was poor. But he's a young guy. Yeah, I like him as a player, but yeah, that was just stupid. <laughs> One of those things. But yeah, I thought... I yeah, thought, Jesse Marsh's face was funny. I know, it was funny that was watching so him good. In the stands. <laughs> like, oh, they did well, though. <laughs> like, they hung on, they got a point in difficult circumstances. Villa had more possession, more shots, the man advantage... And Leeds still walked away with a point, so I think they'll be quite happy with that. Could have won it. Yeah, could have won it. Could have won it. I know I know Coutinho hit the post, but yeah, I thought Leeds had some chances, definitely, to to get it. And I think that's a real reflection on, on Villa. Yeah. Even on 10 men, they cannot dominate games. No. And considering how much money they've invested in their attack, it's it doesn't reflect well on them. They buy all these glossy attackers, and yet they can't score any goals. And I think... Ollie Watkins summed it up. He had at least three chances, one very, mm. very good chance to score. Mm. And each one was saved or he missed the goal. And he's in bad form at the moment. I think he's got one goal in six mm. and generally looks very unconfident. And he's a long way from being England's number two backup striker, which he was at one point. He's probably That's crazy, seventh now or something ridiculous. It's a real fall from grace for Ollie Watkins. And, and they need him. Gerard is they need him to be good. just not getting the best out of them. And it's weird because Gerard, supposedly, of all his Premier League experience, just, just does not know how to set his teams up. No, he can't seem to get both ends working. They're either really compact and uninventive or, mm. as you know, do you know, to his credit, they're conceding goals and not scoring. So he's fixed one end now because they're unbeaten in three, I believe, two draws and a win. So yeah. that's something. There's something Six to goals to. in eight games, though. Yeah. Six goals in eight games for Villa. I mean, the, the forward line is, is a mess. But then we've said that for ages. They're, these are all players that don't seem to work together. So a lot of them he's inherited. You know, he didn't sign either of these strikers. He brought in Coutinho, um, who looks pretty good. Definitely has a threat. Yeah, they probably just need to build good. around him and work it, work it out because he's obviously their best player if he can recapture his form. They just need to decide mm. on what they're doing 
and then use the right players and then just get others in. If they don't fit, they don't fit. Get rid of them. But just stop mm. messing around. Just stick with something. Four two three one, man. Just get it in. Yeah. Why has four two three one suddenly just become out of flavour? Don't know. Like, it, so many teams should just set up that way. Like we set up that way. It's a great way to set up. Yeah, and you, especially because they really have good. so many, so many cams. It just makes sense to flood it with attacking midfielders, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. And you might get some goals. So weird one. Yeah, it does. It does seem weird. It does seem weird. Um, more general point. Three hat-tricks and three red cards this weekend across the nine fixtures. Very Ooh. spicy. Lots of stuff Very happens. spicy. Lots of stuff did happen. Did happen. Um, and yet this game was unbelievably boring. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's just end with one final hot take. Villa or Leeds? Are any of them getting relegated? Because no, I feel like apart from Leicester, no one's definitely going down. And even Leicester is a semi-joke currently. But Bournemouth look pretty good, so I don't think they're a guarantee anymore. Oh, it's so hard. I think Leeds will be fine. I think Villa, there's more problems going on at Villa, to be honest. So of the two, um, you'd say Villa in that scrap, potentially. I mean, yeah, I think they're both think, in it, realistically. I think Villa are more likely to be... They just seem far less fluid. Like, for example, that 3-0 win that Leeds had against Chelsea, that's 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 Leeds, what Leeds can do. Yeah. I haven't seen that from Villa yet. I've really seen what Gerard can do with this, and he's been there a year. It really kicked on. You know, Dean Smith got fired for less. So, yeah, well, yeah, uh, Dean Smith didn't win in five, so that's always there as a precedent. Mm, mm, I can only think because this is Aston Villa. Christian Perslow, I think, is there. Yeah, exactly. Kind of sporting director. So they have a, this is his man. They have a Liverpool relationship previously, so Gerard will get time. He stopped the rot at the back at least for now, so that's something. Something to build on. You know, there's no point Agreed focusing there. on the attack if you're leaking goals. So, at least there's something but there. What I can gather from the general feeling amongst Villa fans is they're having enough, though. They've had oh, enough. I don't blame them. There's very little to cling on to. doesn't seem to be any sort mm. of plan or direction. But, you know, unbeaten in three. So, that's something to hold on to. It's just one of those ones where if you just keep chopping and changing, then, you know, the next manager's going to have loads of players that don't fit the system. At what point do you stick with the manager and get the players that I need? Otherwise, you're just constantly in that revolving circle. And you might end up like Man United, where you just have all these legacy players that yeah, you know, silly wages. Just don't fit anything. Yeah, exactly. Or silly wages. Um, so at some point, you've got to stick. So maybe Villa fans keep the faith. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Bournemouth Brentford. Nil, nil. Boring game. So boring. But in some nice broader context this was a derby of two clubs who were both in League One not that long ago so that's quite nice mm. it's a nice uh, interesting nice thing to reflect on you know they're both very well run different right now in terms of who's fashionable and who's hot but impressive nonetheless because neither of them are big clubs historical big clubs they're both modern clubs mm-hmm. that have just been run very well and got to the top Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't a game where they showcased their abilities. That's for sure. No, a point that serves um, no one, but a point for both. So <laughs> I feel like the point's more valuable for Bournemouth. But then, who, if you're if Bournemouth, just keep Brentford at home, you think maybe this is a game we could get three points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they could have played a bit more expansive, but they are the I new Burnley. They, mate. The they are the new Burnley. Yeah, they really are because they've got the they massive really guy up front, and then they're just they're, they're quietly picking up points. I have to say, they look really solid. Because Brentford yeah. are no joke. They they score goals, Brentford. So Brentford didn't really look like scoring yeah. at any point, bar a couple of half chances. 
Yeah, I mean, Ivan Tony maybe could have done a bit better with that header that went over the bar. But apart from that, yeah, they really did shut up shop. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe they were unlucky. no threat from Bournemouth. There was no threat, but they did have two penalty appeals both turned down. One was for a pretty fair challenge. I mean, he he clips him a bit, but I just thought the Bournemouth player was already falling on the floor. It looked like a this dive to it. Me. He was already going down. He was already going. Down. He knew the challenge he was coming, and he didn't finesse the device. I want to say I don't want to say dive because it he, probably was a challenge that was going to take him down for sure. Yeah, which yeah, I, I actually this is a good talking point. I rate the ref for going to the monitor and still saying it wasn't a pen. Yeah, need a bit more of that because he was right. I don't know why VAR called him over for that. They should have backed him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with um, that. And then the second one was a handball where someone sliced the clearance and it bounces off the floor and hits their hand. And then they clear it. I mean, I've seen them given, but again, probably. You don't want to see a game decided on some sort of contentious decision like that. Yeah, yeah. But they can feel a bit unlucky, Um, you know. One of those could have just gone their way and it wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first one especially, we've definitely seen them given. Yeah, so. Yeah. Tough for Bournemouth, but they're doing fine, man. They're in mid-table, I think, currently. And... 13th, nine points from eight. Very solid. It's not bad, is it? It's not bad at all. I mean, they are way ahead of where we thought they were going to be from the yeah. first game of the season. Yeah, yeah, and they're not even they're not even the worst team. There are plenty of teams in worse form than them, like Wolves, Southampton, yeah. Liverpool, Leicester. Yeah, they're all in worse form. Villa probably. So they're right. And, you know, Bournemouth have the worst squad going by a country mile. Yeah, so, there is so few yeah. goals in this squad. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree. So, fair result, nil-nil. I think both of them will be happy with a point and they can move on to, to other targets. I agree. Right, quick quick roundup of the game tonight. Leicester, Nottingham Forest. I think whoever loses this Oof. game has a reasonable chance that the manager will be sacked. If it's bad, I think, I yeah. think they're both on the if road. Rogers, if Leicester loses, if Rogers get loses sacked, I think. Yeah. I think the yeah, same think potentially it'll... for... Um, I don't know Steve Cooper's well. got a bit more credit in the bank though isn't he because he took him up last season mm. they've invested heavily he's a well rated manager he's I, a highly I rated manager I get the impression they're feeling quite uncomfortable with how this season's going so far after investing all that money I think they have yeah. someone else in mind who they think could do a better job with these players now I think the fact that Bournemouth are five points ahead and they had about five percent of the investment that was put into Nottingham exactly. Forest it's probably quite damning as well for Steve so, Cooper. Battle, um, battle to save their jobs, basically. It will be interesting to see, that's for sure. I'll be honest, um, my, what do you reckon? my money's on Forest. Leicester are so rubbish. They're like yeah, criminally bad currently. So my money would They've be They've had a lot forest. of time. They've had a lot of time to to kind of <laughs> to get it together for this game. It is a must-win game for Leicester. It's a must-win game for both of them, yeah. but for Leicester especially on one point. Yeah, I think... Because what they're already they're five points from safety already. Rogers is so. a dead man walking. I can't believe he's still there. There's no point. There's something. Him. Well, you know what it is. Is it's, it's going to cost a lot of money to get rid of him. Yeah, but it's going to cost a lot more money when they get relegated. I know, but I mean, this is where where Leicester seem to be at on current form. Think about this: eight games is what twenty percent of the season, just just over one just point. Over. So, yeah, dude. that's five points yeah. being generous. I mean, obviously they're not going to get five points, but you get what I mean. It's not an insurmountable amount of games. It's 20% of the season. It's gone. Mm. They've got nothing. They've got one point. If it was Bournemouth for the level of Bournemouth squad, you could feasibly say that's fair enough. But for Leicester City, regardless of the deficiencies in the squad, 
they should, their squad's still good enough to be. They look terrible. The table. They look terrible. They look terrible. Like every game they seem to get worse. Shot of confidence. So yeah. again, mate. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of a lot of players are probably thinking about leaving. Madison's probably got one eye on the 100%. door, and it's it's that follow through, isn't it? You know, you're running the risk of terminally hurting your club if you don't pick up some form soon. Yeah, I agree. The only ones you'll have left are the ones that you know, like Vardy will still be there because he's he's getting on a bit now. But yeah, Madison, mm. Tielemans, James Justin, players like that, they'll be looking elsewhere. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. And I wonder if Rogers has lost the dressing room because they don't seem to be playing for him. He 100% has lost the dressing room. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, yeah. he still has that in his character that sometimes he just rubs people up, not in an inspiring way, but a sort of comical way, unfortunately. Yeah, you get the feeling that when it goes well, all's well and good under Rogers, but when it starts going bad, yeah. he hasn't got the minerals to. He's just not the guy that you. To pull him out you would like fight for 100% you know he just can't inspire that mm. in a way that unfortunately that's one thing that ex-pros have for them like Lampard and Gerrard you can see them getting people going no matter what even if they're rubbish coaches they've always got that in their locker yeah but is that just because you know the current crop of players have grown up and seen Gerrard the same way that we have then we, we were revere Lampard and Gerrard yeah but that's always um, a challenge when you don't come from a football background you always yeah, have a slight disadvantage yeah, true, true. Yeah, well, you know, next time we speak, Rogers may be a dead man, so let's have a look. Yeah, and Sean Dyche will be a very rich man on a very lucrative <laughs> short-term contract. He's going to have a lot of job offers, I tell you. Yeah, mate, let's get him on this pod, mate, before he's too busy. Probably should, uh, probably <laughs> should, we should reach out. <laughs> I'll send him a text, mate, we're pretty close. Yeah, I know you're his agent. <laughs> get him on, mate. I'll get, get, I'll him, get him on, don't worry about it. <laughs> Uh, and that is that. that is that nine games done we will be back for the Champions League review this week this week yes. full steam ahead we go full steam ahead football's back now no more international breaks to the World Cup so no more gash podcast really it's all about the Prem amen and yep yeah, follow our socials they are popping now mate there's content there's snippets that's basically nice. it it's popping so it's popping. Follow Give from follow. the backseat on all of your normal social channels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do what Jack just said, all right? Don't want to have to say it again. Otherwise, we're just going to keep saying it at the end of the episode. So, just do it. I mean, we're going to do that anyway. But don't worry about that. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> As always, thank you for listening, guys. Jack, I wish you a good week. We'll catch up soon later thank this week. Thank you very much. You too. And yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks very much. Peace. Peace.